Welcome to the Creative Brew, helping you keep your creative juices brewing. We're giving out chunks of insight, motivation, and practicality for your creative journey. For a new episode of the Creative Brew, giving you insights on your creative journey. This episode is brought to you by a few partners of mine. First of all, panels. Uh, I'm very appreciative for them letting me be able to uh, host this podcast here. Uh, it's uh, Comic Book and Coffee Book Bar. Uh, Comic comic book and coffee bar here in beautiful Oceanside, California, right off of Mission Avenue, close by the beach. Uh, they have some of the hottest titles, uh, comic books, graphic novels, and they have uh, a whole line of new drinks and sandwiches. So uh, for my comic book fans, I have a Gwenpool, uh, which is a mix of Gwen Stacy and Deadpool uh, for my comic book nerds. Um, but yeah, if you mention the Creative Brew, if you're in the area, you get 10% off your next purchase. Uh, you can uh, connect with them at Panels Coffee, or you can go to panelscoffee.com for more information. Another episode, uh, another sponsor of mine is AstroPad, and it actually, if you're a digital creator like me, they actually turn your iPad Pro into a professional uh, graphics tablet, so I can use Photoshop, InDesign, Illustrator, all my favorite programs right from my iPad, and I can work literally anywhere as long as I have a, a great Wi-Fi connection. Um, so I, I, I definitely use uh, AstroPad for... Uh, a lot of my digital workflow, even when I'm, um, you know, working from here, working from coffee shops or working uh, remotely, uh, AstroPad is with me uh, always. So uh, they actually have discounts right now for educators and uh, students. Uh, if you're looking to, to trial AstroPad, uh, especially for a lot of my digital creators, uh, you can check them out at AstroPad Co. Uh, on Instagram, or you can go to AstroPad.com for more information. And then my last sponsor uh they've been a great uh, a new partner of mine is cobopod which is a uh, boutique video and audio podcasting studio that's in oceanside california and i've actually been swapping uh in between panels and um going over there to record um some some episodes but uh yeah they have uh hot high def video audio uh they have a photographer there to where you can get um photo uh photos taken of you uh so pretty much you're all in one thing for anyone that's looking to try to create content for your brand, uh, looking to uh, build a new podcast, uh, even doing a webinar. I've, I've recently just hosted a, a little uh, webinar from there. And like I said, it's a great venue, great, uh, great studio. And so, yeah, if you want to uh, book uh, a session, if you're in the area, you can go to cobopod.org and book your session today. So today, uh, this is an interview I've been wanting to do for, for a while. Um, there is a, a lot of people that I consider, um, you know, um, I've always had a lot of people that I look up to, and there's, there's been a lot of uh, mentors in my life and, and people that um, even when I, you know, coach or even, you know, anything that I'm doing right now, I, I try to uh, see certain standards and, and see certain, um, certain ways of, of how to live and how to be a good, good human. And um, I'm, I'm just gonna be honest, like I said, th this guy's one of them. Um, you know, I, I've, you know, admired him since, you know, just growing up. Uh, I'm originally from Cleveland and, uh, you know, to, to, you know, see him um, sort of go through from, from Bradley to, to UTC, uh, both of us are Chattanooga alum, and uh, be able to be a head coach there um, and, 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 go, and go from there, like I said, and building up, um, you know, everything that he's, that he's done to this point. Um, I always admire people like that. And I always sort of um, try to, I try my best to sort of emulate 
um, how how certain people are, are living or how they present themselves. And that because that those are the kind of people that I want to be and uh, that I aspire to be. And um, so uh, this one, like I said, Heath is one of these uh, one of these exceptional um, uh, people. Uh, but I'll let him uh, introduce himself a little bit a little bit more and um, share just a quick you know intro about him and a story, and uh, we'll go from there. So Quantel, man, thanks so much, and for the listeners out there, uh, this guy he he says he he respects me, but he used to try to beat me up when I was coaching him. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he could put a beat down on me right now. So, but uh, no, Quantel, thanks so much. And, and from a coach to an athlete, uh, man, Quantel, one of the, one of the greatest young men that I've had the privilege of coaching, one of those guys that just does the right things and so respectful. I mean, honestly, one of those kids that are few and far between, it seems in our culture today. And so obviously we're fortunate. We're from the both both from the same hometown. We went to rival high schools, but have created a great friendship uh, along the way. So I was privileged. I got to be a high school head coach, uh, you know, a division one head coach. I got to be a division one athlete. I don't know how all that happened. Uh, it was never in my cards. I'm a first generation college kid. Um, you know, my parents just did an unbelievable job of, of giving us the tools to be successful at whatever we chose in life. Um, you know, and it was never a focus on any one thing. And so here I am today trying to make a difference uh, in families. You know, you mentioned a unique thing, Quantel, you know, speaking of stories, you know, in, in our culture today, we talk so much about leadership. I mean, like, dude, we're telling a seven-year-old, you know, you got to be a leader, you got to be a leader. And I think one of the things we miss is that if you want to be a great leader, you first have to be a great follower, mm-hmm. you know, and following is about deciding, hey, who am I going to follow? And then how am I going to follow? And so, you know, I can remember when I wanted to be a state champ in wrestling and you know, 1993, hey, my head coach was a state champ. So I just began to do everything he did. And it's amazing when you find people that align with your values that have accomplished what you want to accomplish. If you'll humble yourself and kind of follow the plan, yeah, you can be pretty successful. And so, you know, the first thing is, hey, who are you going to follow? And then the next thing is like, hey, how are you going to follow? And I always say, listen, you got to listen, you got to pay attention and you got to keep up. And so, you know, you better listen to what they say, pay attention and yield to their words. And then you got to keep up because it's hard at times. I mean, there were times on my wrestling journey where I thought, goodness gracious, do I really want to keep doing this? And, you know, um, but you, but you continue to do so. And so, man, I'm grateful to be here with you today. Obviously what you're doing, different part of the country now, you know, on the West coast, but still make a difference, making a difference in people. And I'm grateful to, to be doing it here on the East coast. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it's sort of uh, weird. I mean, it's one of those where, uh, you know, especially be on the, uh, on, the, on the West Coast now, and it, it's so odd when, you know, you get, you get those um, people that they have the passion to want to lead people or, or to uh, even better themselves or to, you know, or to coach people. You, you find yourself in opportunities where you find yourself doing that thing. Um, I, I really didn't expect to, to be out here. You know, I still do a little part-time coaching uh, out here. I really didn't expect to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I definitely still, you know, building the, you know, building the business and, and all the other things that I've got going on. But, um, you know, it's, it's sort of odd to where, you know, you get people like you and, and people like others that I can, I can definitely mention to where um, you have that um, innate quality. And I sort of noticed it even when, uh, when I was growing up and I had first, you know, seen you compete, uh, even at Bradley and, uh, you know, going to UTC, um, people that have, um, you, you really don't have to be vocal to still have that uh, presence of being a leader. 
And it somehow or another, those opportunities tend to follow leaders. Um, mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I just, I sort of find that odd, you know, you know, he'd been out here, really didn't expect the coach. And now I'm out here, you know, coaching and, and, and at the same time too, I, you know, building up the podcast and, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, talking and mentoring with, with trainer, with, uh, with fighters and wrestlers out here. Uh, so I, you know, I, I think for a lot of coaches, a lot of leaders um, that's in that space, uh, it never, it never, <laughs> no, leaves you, you know, you always go to one, one part of your journey, you go to another platform and it's still there. Uh, you, you mm-hmm. find yourself in another opportunity to do something at a, perhaps at a, at a bigger capacity. Um, so with, with even with wrestling, um, how, how do you think now? Um, and like I said, I know you've got a, a big family. Um, you've got a lot of commitments now. Um, how do you think wrestling has, um, you know, formed, um, your, your way of life? Um, how, how's wrestling affected you? Well, it was the sport of wrestling, but then it was the people involved in the sport of wrestling that continued to kind of call out greatness in my life, who believed uh, in who I was and what I could accomplish in, in seasons of life where it didn't look like much could actually, you know, I, I was never the feet. I didn't start wrestling until, you know, around the seventh grade. And, you know, at that point, you're going to struggle for a couple of years. But, you know, just people that continue to call out greatness in my life. And wrestling gave me, you know, I think my parents gave me, I call them long haul attributes, those characteristics that stand the test of time and cross all boundaries. And so when wrestling became my thing, I had a foundation laid of here's what it looks like to work hard and to respect people and to listen and to receive feedback and to take a butt chewing every now and then. And, you know, to, you know, to come back the next day eager. And so, you know, my parents laid the foundation for that characteristic, those characteristics. And then, you know, wrestling allowed me to to gain a sense of confidence that I could accomplish more than I ever thought I could accomplish. And I think we see in our world today, we see arrogance on the increase. Yeah. You know, we see entitlement on the increase, but we see confidence on the decrease. Yeah. And so for me, the sport of wrestling was unique because wrestling's a unique sport, man. You can gain confidence and get humbled all in the same day. Oh, yeah. you, know, you win a big match and then you get your tail kicked an hour later, you know, your mom loves you. Then she's, you know, you're walking home, but you know, wrestling has this, and all sports in, in, in essence have that. And so I think it gave me a, a sense of confidence and, and, you know, a belief that, you know, I'm capable of more than I thought, you know, and, and that's, you know, people look at it physically, but the physical part's the easy part. It, it was the emotional and the social and even the spiritual side of it for me that like, dude, you have to face some demons on this road. Uh, and, and you can do one of two things. You can run from them and they'll keep chasing you they'll chase you to the next occupation, to the next location, to the next, you know, whatever, or you can face them head on and figure out a way to get through uh, that obstacle in your life. So wrestling really gave me an opportunity to kind of just continue to, to hit these plateaus of uh, pain and discomfort and struggle and then, and then get through it and then get through it and get through it. And, and again, it, it brings you a sense of confidence and it's not arrogance because you realize how hard it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, and that's one of the things I, I want to, I want to teach people today is there's a big difference in, you know, arrogance and confidence and, and, and entitlement, uh, really big difference. I want my children to be confident, but not arrogant and entitled. Yeah. What, what do you feel like, a, um, could, could you give me an example with that? Uh, like I said, I, I think you prove a, you, you prove a great point. And that's something that, um, I definitely do see with a lot of the athletes now, um, just with, 
all the resources, technology, social media, everything that they have at their disposal now. Um, could you give me an example of something like that? Maybe something you could share with the audience as far as that difference between confidence well, so, and arrogance. Yeah, so, so I always say arrogance says this. You, arrogance says, uh, you know, I deserve it. Entitlement says you owe it to me. Confidence says I have the discipline and ability to get it done. And so what's happened even in our sports culture today, like we start our kids so early, all right, because it's just the mainstream thing to do. I don't think it's the right thing to do, but it's the mainstream thing to do because we don't want our son or daughter to get behind. And so we provide them with so many opportunities that they think life is all about them. Yeah. And so there's this danger that comes with that with, and, and I teach parents all the time, hey, your job's not to provide your kid all the best opportunities. It's to discern what are the right opportunities. And so, like, listen, if you, if you start sports at six and your parents have the ability to get you into the right places, you're going to be better than most kids. Mm-hmm. Well, then what happens is there is a place in everyone's life where success and struggle intersect. And if it's the, you know, if 14 is the first time where you really had to face a struggle, Dude, you're, you're, you're in for a rude awakening. Yeah. And so like, to me, like it's age appropriate struggles. And so don't try to give them everything so early, let them work for it. I think one of the things we see college coaches and coaches at high levels now tell me all the time, well, kids today have no coping skills. I'm like, well, no crap. We never let them cope. You know, we tell them where to play, what to do, what to wear, when to be there, whatever. There's no like going out, picking teams, figuring out how you're going to, make this game work, you know, and like being creative, speaking of the creative brew of using our imagination to figure out this game, adults are always there to figure it out for them. So then you turn, you know, 19, 20 years old. And at some point, like you got to figure it out. Yeah. And you, you have never cultivated that uh, part of who you are as a human. And so I believe, you know, the sports world today, because we do so much for the athlete that we're, we, as the leaders of sport organizations and as parents, we are actually cultivating that entitlement and arrogance in our children. And so, uh, you know, just the other day, I won't let my son wrestle till he's 10 years old. He's doing some other stuff. And, you know, someone asked me, I said, because when he's 10, 11, 12, 13, I want him to experience defeat. Yeah. And I want him to know how to overcome it. Because if I'm, I'm a Division One wrestling coach, I have access to the highest level of wrestling. My son would be good at six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 years old simply because he lives in my house. It has nothing to do with his work ethic, his resiliency, his toughness. It's just he has an advantage. Yep. And so, you know, he's going to win. Well, then at 13 or 14, listen, there's going to be kids that can put it on him probably. If he doesn't know how to manage that defeat and that struggle, he's in trouble. So I think the earlier you can let him struggle, it's age appropriate. A six-year-old struggle has a six-year-old consequence. Mm -hmm. A 20-year-old struggle has a 20-year-old consequence. So my thing is you build resiliency by allowing them age-appropriate opportunities to struggle, and then we create that grit, resiliency, all the catchwords we love to say. We don't even know what they mean. Uh, You know, we create that naturally uh, in them. And I don't even think, to me, it's not – it doesn't happen just through the sports world. It's just everyday life, you know. It's everyday life. And so, man, I got, you know, I could go on and on about those things, you know, and in parenting and stuff. I mean, rescue less quickly, accommodate less often. Like, you know, I do, I do think this, speaking of struggle, because I'm a big believer in this, like 
parents will say, oh, I want my kid to play sports, so they have to struggle. Listen, sport is what I call a supplemental struggle. Take it or leave it. Yeah. You know, academics, supplemental struggle. I know plenty of people that got C's that make millions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so there's two areas as we lead this next generation, we have to let them struggle. The first one is relationships. Let them work through a six-year-old relational issue has a six-year-old consequence. If the mom bails them out of all of those issues, she's going to be doing it forever. You know what I mean? And so the other area, so the first one's relationships. The second one is responsibility. Let them have some responsibility. Put some heat on them in everyday activities, not playing sport. That ends up being all about them. You bought them a $300 bat at seven years old. Like, you know. Make them, you know, clean the room, make their bed, help around the house, do whatever, get a job. I don't know. And so, because these two things are always going to be present. Here's why Quantel Langford was good at college wrestling. Because he could manage relationships and he could take care of his responsibilities. You saw it just like I did. Elite level athletes that enter into a place where the playing field is level will get chewed up if they can't manage relationships and they can't take care of their responsibilities and so the sport world today we kids today and this is one of my favorite quotes but kids today have gifts and skills like we've never seen before oh yeah 14 year old wrestlers know stuff that i still don't know you know now here's what i believe i'd kick their tail but you know they have gifts and skills that get them to a room because we've spent so much time working on them but what happens is those gifts and skills get them to a room that their character won't allow them to stay. Well, and so as a leader, my job is to cultivate the character inside that human that no matter what room they choose, they have the character to stay. Yeah. If it's in their genetics and it's what they desire, I've given them the foundation. And that's why I shout out to my parents, Steve and Gail Esslinger. They cultivated those things. My brother's a pediatric dentist. My wife says she married the wrong Esslinger. He makes a ton of money. I was a coach. I never made a lot of money. You know, I used to have the muscles. I don't even have them anymore. All right. But, but, you know, so you look at my brother and I, he went the academic route, had the character to make it happen. I went the athletic route, same character it took to make that happen. And so as you lead your children, you know, young people quit focusing so much on the skill and cultivate the character. And then whatever they choose to do, they can knock it out of the park. Wow, that's that, a lot. That's a lot, man. I'm gonna start preaching, Quantel. Hey, you, hey, you can preach this fast. Why is the creative brew? This is this right. is open <laughs> open platform for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, tell us. Uh, well, like I said, we'll 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 sort of lead into the next question. But uh, tell me a little bit about um, uh, a better way athletics. You know, I was looking through the website and everything over the past couple of days, and um, tell me a little bit more about that. I know, I know from even from a lot of your posts, blog posts, and things like that, you really focus on uh, various um, uh, innate qualities uh, of, of athletes. Um, tell us a little bit more about A Better Way, and then even how, how did it even blossom? Or when did you have the, you know, how did, I guess, what was that step-by-step, you know, process in order to be where, you know, where it's at now? Well, you know, several, probably six, seven years ago, one of my partners, Eric Phillips, we have another partner, Chad Pike, that's, that's with us now. You know, I just, be, so I started hashtagging everything a better way. Hey, it's not the only way. It's not the best way. I mean, that's relative. Uh, it, it actually comes from this Bible verse 
uh, in Corinthians, right before the chapter on love, 1 Corinthians 13, where we, everyone reads it at weddings. We, we should probably read it in our culture today. Uh, but, but the writer says this. He says, now let me show you a more excellent way. And he goes into that chapter on love. And so I start hashtagging everything a better way. Like, hey, man, there's got to be a better way to do this. There's got to be. A, and so it really began to permeate in the sports world. And so I really began to see this, man, just this turmoil that was happening in the sports world. Then when I became a parent and I'm going to like second and third grade basketball games and these people are losing their freaking mind, parents, coaches, and Quantel, they are good people. They, you see them at Publix, man. Dude, they're just buying groceries, man. They'll talk to you, give you a hug. Maybe not now, fist bump, whatever. But like, they are normal, good people. And then you get them in that environment and they go nuts. And so what I refer to that as, it's a misapplication of love. And so I saw just how misaligned coaches and parents were. And the person that was suffering was the child. And so the coach says, I love Quantel Langford. And mom and dad say, I love Quantel Langford, but we both have you by one hand yanking you in opposite directions. And so you're miserable. You don't know who to believe. And so we really set out on this journey to help create a, leadership is about alignment. And so we really set out on this journey to help create alignment between parent and coach. Hey, teaching the coach how to communicate and invite the parent on the journey. All right. And then helping the parent zoom out and see this journey for what it really is. And so, you know, one of the questions I get all the time, Hey, well, when should my kids start? I don't know. I've seen kids start in eighth grade and win national titles. I've seen kids start in first grade and quit by the sixth grade. Like I can't tell you when your child should start. Yeah. You know, you need to decide that based on your values of your family. Like, what do you value? You know, if you value time together, I wouldn't play T-ball. It's a waste of time. You know, you can do that in your yard, save time, money, energy, whatever, and eat less sweet tart suckers and hot dogs. But all those sweet tart suckers are good. But here, but here's the deal. So stop asking, hey, when should my kids start? And start asking, who do I want my child to be when they finish? And so we reframe our thought process going into this. And so then as we face difficult issues, it allows us to parent and lead differently. It allows us to coach different. Hey, who do I want my athletes to be when they finish? If I just want them to be successful wrestlers, well then, okay, man. Let's, who cares what they do in school? Who cares what they do in their social life? Let's just make sure they're doing it in the practice room. And to me, we're cheating young people when we do that. And so it really started by just going, hey, there's a lot of stuff out there for coaches. I don't necessarily think parents are crazy. I think it's a misapplication of love. And it's just a, it's a very busy world, distracted world we live in. So how could we help parents navigate this sport journey? So that's where we're at today. We've created an online virtual training platform for schools, systems, sport organizations, where we offer training at the click of a button to every parent and coach and uh, administrator in your organization to help create alignment uh, in the area of athletics. Wow, that's awesome. uh, So what's been the... You, and you don't have to come up with like specific numbers. But what, what's been, have, have you had some success stories? Um, oh, man. So, I mean, listen, we're, we're st- I mean, it's, it's even this week, man, we're, we're really starting to see some traction. And, and uh, but, you know, the, the, thing, the thing about it is that here's what, I, here's what we hear from parents. 
two, two responses we hear from parents. One, I feel liberated. The sports world, our, our children, here's the, so, man, our culture, and we're going through all sorts of junk right now. I mean, you, you know, and I mean, listen, we got a white guy and a, and, a, and a black guy on this show, and guess what? We've been best buds forever, but there's, there is tension, man, and it's real. Like, we can't, like, act like it doesn't exist, yeah. but we always deal with symptoms, and at some point, you got to get to the root. And so the symptom we say is, is playing time or, you know, parents worship sport. Fontel, here's the real issue. It's not that we worship sport, but we live in a culture today where parents worship their children. Yeah. I mean, dude, if I would have asked my dad to do some of the things that people do for a kiss, he would be like, you're an idiot. I ain't driving you there. Oh, yeah. Dude, you want to get in shape? There's a road. The further you run, the further you're out, and the further you come back, the better shape you're in. Like, figure it out, dude. But today, we just cater to them. And it's almost the – I call it sport prostitution. Yeah. Like, and sometimes the parent and the coach become the pimp. We, like, we pimp our kids out for their abilities. We see it academically, too. And so, like, it just – and it's not because they're bad parents. It's we get sucked into this thing. And so, we've really seen a ton of parents – be able to take a deep breath, zoom out and say, okay, I got to do things differently. And they honestly feel liberated. And then from an administrator standpoint, I did a live webinar a few months ago with a school in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And the principal said, man, in 28 years of education, I've never seen something hit the target so accurately. So listen, man, there's an issue. We want to provide a prescription uh, to help alleviate the issue. We can't cure everything, but if we don't do anything, here's what we need to do. Just stop complaining about it then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's do something. Oh yeah. I, that's how, I know that's how uh, my, my uncles and uh, my grandparents taught me is like, Hey, you, I, I ran everywhere. That's that my, my, my brother Dominic, he knows. I mean, I, anywhere he, if yeah. he was on the bike, I was running. Uh, and then that was, yes. that was just part of it. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that's definitely missing now. Uh, you know, just you know, just having that. It, it seems like char- like those kids. A lot of the kids sort of lost that character. Uh, I don't know if it was just the rise with technology, the rise with access to media. Um, uh, I, you know, media as well as you know, large companies getting uh, a hold of um, of these kids and then feeling like they're um, properties and brands now. Um, you know, everybody wants to have a, a brand for themselves and things like that. Um, and you know, it's one of those to where, like, when what you said, they they hadn't even developed the character. They don't even know who they are yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the time they they get done with everything, half the time they get burned out. They don't want to do anything, mm-hmm. uh, or they come out feeling like uh, they they may leave college and be like, "Well, I've done all this for the college. You know, what is it? You know, I deserve something." No, no, you mm-hmm. don't. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's one of those where yeah, I could easily say, hey, you know, I, I graduated UTC. Yeah, I deserve more than what I what I got. No, you you get you no, know, you you got a platform. You know, I, I was very fortunate to get my degree, um, to be able to wrestle, be able to compete, have a scholarship, to be able to attend school, um, mm-hmm. and then go from there. They don't, you know, they don't owe you anything else. They just provide yeah. the platform, and then you, uh, then you go to the next step. And I think that's yeah. what. Um, I, I think that's what a lot of kids need to learn. And I, even older, 
people now. Uh, I still, like I said, I still get a lot of uh, trainers, uh, a lot of uh, fighters, and and um, and people that's looking to try to compete. And it was something that got lost along the way. Uh, so it's it's one of those where I'm helping to to sort of build their their mind, build their spirit. And I told them before, I think, like, look, if I can if I can help you with your mind and your heart, your your physical talents, that's gonna be you know we can work on that. But if you don't have that that character, if you don't yes. have um, what it takes internally, you can do all the work in the world, and it's still gonna amount to nothing. And I think that's what uh, sometimes it can be a shocking blow to a lot of people, and especially parents who feel like, well, we put all this money, we expect some kind of investment back, and like, no, <laughs> that's just that <laughs> you're you're yes. you're investing on potential. That's it. There's yes. no guaranteed success in anything. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I think we, we really want to help parents see like, Hey, you can make an investment, but make it in the right areas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Listen, you can take your kids and get them lessons and you can do all this. You can buy them the nicest equipment, but if you don't cultivate the intrinsic areas of their heart and mind yeah. to be able to withstand the, the ebb and flow of everyday life, those skills, 99.9% of, of, of people, those skills won't be good enough to overcome that. And yeah. so if you really want to give your kid a chance, give them the, the, the intrinsic and the, the qualities that, that give them a chance, cultivate those things. And then if they pick sports, great. If they pick band, great. If they pick, you know, media, great. If they pick, you know, marriage and chill and parenting, like, listen, man, this role is hard. Yeah. And, and I, you know, there, there's a huge like push out there, all this stuff about like, Oh, we got to teach kids to fail. Stop that. Yeah. Bro, our society is failing at an epic rate. Yeah. Listen, we've never experienced failure like we have today. My goal as a parent is not to teach my kids to fail. All right? They know, they're they're going to know how to fail. All right? My job is to teach them to struggle. And when I know how to struggle, Listen, you walk into a Division One college wrestling room as a freshman, bro, if you don't know how to struggle, you're, you're quitting. And it's why we see the attrition rate in college wrestling. Like, dude, you have a freshman class of 12, three make it all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that they didn't know how to fail. They didn't know how to struggle. Yeah. And so it's this, it's this, the ability to get back up and do hard things. And so to me, like, that's, I'm, I'm very anti that phrase. Oh, we got to teach kids to fail. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, no, I'm going to teach my kid to struggle and hopefully they'll look at failure and say, not an option. Yeah. You know that, I mean, getting beat once in a wrestling match is not failure. Yeah. It's a momentary struggle. Now, if you get beat in a wrestling match or you have a hard week of practice and you quit, then that was failure to me. Yeah. All right. Because you, you said no to the struggle. It's like the kid, you know, as a college coach, kid comes to you and says, coach, man, I'm just, you know, I'm struggling in this class. I'm like, dude, you've missed 12 days of class. You're not struggling. You've quit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I'm a big believer in cultivating this mentality that says yes to the struggle and believes I can overcome it. Well, that, I mean, I, I think you nailed it on the head with that one. Um, heck, we could probably have a whole nother episode. On oh, yeah. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. It, it, it's some of those where I, I think some parents need to need to hit that. Uh, yeah, need to really need to hear that. I'm sorry. And, um, you know, they just, it's just one of those where I, we just put 
we're, we'll put things on a pedestal and anything that you put on that pedestal or anything you feel like you idolize, I'm, you're a slave to it. And, you're a slave to it, man. And um, yeah, so it's, yeah, that, yeah, definitely need to hear that. Um, so right now, what, um, what, what things are inspiring you right now? Well, obviously, I, so I work for FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, both locally and, you know, I work for FCA Wrestling really nationally. I mean, you may have seen some of the Facebook lives we've done with Kyle Snyder, Jordan Burroughs, like, I mean, just unbelievable interviews. Our sport has some unbelievable men in it right now, man. It's a great time to be involved with, with wrestling because there's just some great leaders uh, in, in our sport right now. And so, you know, it's neat to see kind of just the – the maturity of some of the, the, the men and women in our sport right now who, who are truly like living life the right way. They're role models for the people uh, that are coming through. I mean, a lot of times in the athletic world, again, you talked about who you mimic and, and who you look up to. Well, listen, like why do kids act that way? Cause that's what they're, I mean, they're the people they idol act that way. And so to me, I'm very thankful. Uh, it's, it's inspiring to me to see some of the men and women in our sport that are doing it well. Uh, I mean, they're committed to the right things. They're, they're humble. Uh, not that all of them are, but, you know, for the most part, it's a humble group of elite level athletes. So that's awesome to be around and just to see like, you know, great things happening in the sport of wrestling um, through FCA. And, and then locally here, I get to work with coaches. It's awesome uh, at all schools. And, and that's fun. So that's what I love. I'm passionate about coaches. And so, and then from, from a better way standpoint, I think we're really beginning to see some traction in the area of parent education. Uh, I think organizations are starting to see like it's worth the investment to help educate the parents because um, it's easier to deal with things on the front end. I always say it's easy to put, it's easier to put out a fire when it's tiny than when it's, you know, the whole, the whole home is engulfed. And so, you know, we want to help, we're not going to put out every fire, but we want to help decrease the intensity and frequency of the fires. Uh, listen, you're going to have people get upset at times. I'm a coach who tried to do it the right way. I still made a lot of mistakes because I'm a, I'm a freaking human. You know what I mean? And so, like, listen, the goal is not perfection, it's progress. And so, if we can help families make progress, uh, we're, we're teamed up with Coit Cooper. Uh, I'm working with Coit Cooper right now on some masterminds uh, for parents uh, coming up. And so, listen, man, I'm just, I am grateful. I look back on my life, Quintel, and go, how did this kid from McDonald, Tennessee, who grew up on a farm, who, you know, is a first, first generation, my brother and I are both first generation college kids. And, and like, how does that happen? It's because my parents made an investment in the right areas. And it had nothing to do with school or sports. It had to do with who we were as humans. And so I'm just super thankful. I got four kids of my own now. I'm married. And, uh, man, life is crazy in the Esslinger household. My life is a Petri dish for the stuff I talk about. Uh, and so, uh, it's been, man, I'm just, I'm just super thankful. Awesome. Uh, so what would be, going into creative tips, what would be a creative tip or tips that you could provide our audience? Man, I, I was thinking about, I was looking at this on my back porch earlier today. And, and, I, and so, you know, when you think creative, we, we often, we, we sometimes think like, oh, it's got to be something different. Like, here's what I would say, be you. Like, you are uniquely creative. All right. And I'm not one of those guys like, listen, I have flaws. Like, no one wants me to just be me. 
because I am flawed. I got a temper. I'm impatient. All that, like that being me is not an excuse to allow my deficiencies that hurt others to just play, just run rampant. I, I don't buy that. You know what I mean? Like some of those things I need to bring them under submission, you know, uh, just like you would with diet, exercise, whatever. I've got to be able to like own those things. But like, I do believe that we're all created very unique and we offer something to this world that's needed. Uh, and so, you know, I would say, you know, figure, I always ask people, what's your dream job? You know, and they're like, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, you do. Like, what's your dream job? And so my dream job has always been to simply encourage people. People will even ask me, hey, you know, what do you do for a living now? I'm like, I'm a pharmacist of hope. You know, I think hope's the most needed prescription in the world today because despair is the most dangerous disease. And so my brother's a doctor. He gets to write scripts. I'm a coach, a teacher. I write scripts every day of hope. Hey, if I meet someone, man, I'm writing a script. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to tell them thank you. We, we go to Chick-fil-A. We try to out-nice the people at Chick-fil-A. You know what I mean? That's hard to do at Chick-fil-A, you know? And so, like, you know, to me, like, I, I would just say, man, people are hurting today. We're confused. Like, you know, get creative on how you can be kind. Sometimes it's as simple as a smile. Like, take the, take the grouch look off your face and just smile at someone, man. Uh, and, and, again, man, it just makes everything around us better. I know that's a long answer and oh uh, no, no that's great yeah. um yeah. yeah i think that's that's needed um so your your ideal creative life uh what would be your ideal creative life uh for, for you um you hey, know man i man it's crazy i'm i'm living it right now man now financially it, it's not like obviously you know i would like to create some more margin financially uh for my family and, and have the ability to help people more but Dude, man, I, I'm just grateful to be, you know, I, I love, I love working with coaches. I want to help them uh, not make some of the mistakes I made. Uh, you know, my, my sports supervisor who I taught, just talked to today. I mean, I was fortunate. I got out of coaching with my friends, which is very unique. Usually in college coaching, uh, you don't get out with your friends. Like somebody hates you. So I was smart enough to Tom Borelli at central Michigan said, you're the smartest guy out there. You got out with your sanity and your friends. And so, I'm sure I have some people that don't like me, but that's, that's fine. But, you know, uh, Jay Blackman asked me, he said, man, you're so passionate. about it. it was the first time he didn't try to talk me out of quitting. He just knew I was ready to go, go for this. And he said, why are you so passionate? I said, Jay, I got a high school head coaching job. And you know what they told me? Good luck. You know, here's the keys. And then I got a division one head coaching job and they told me, good luck, figure it out. And so I saw that we have people that are capable, but sometimes they're ill-equipped. And sometimes if they've been in it a while, they're just exhausted. And so if I, based on my experiences, can come in and help equip someone to not make some of the mistakes I made, it's worth it. And if I can come in to a coach, because I got exhausted, man, you know, I mean, listen, I'm at a you know, a mid-major university. We're trying to beat Oklahoma and the top schools. And like you have, 80% less. And so it's exhausting. And so if I can come in in that coach's life in a place of exhaustion and breathe some life and hope into him, then it's worth it. And so that's really, you know, what I want to do. And then I want to help it, you know, again, I'm getting to work with families. I, I believe the family is the one thing, 
you know, we look at all these issues going on in the world. I think it starts at home. Um, you know, and, and not every family is going to be perfect. And listen, I'm, the Esslinger family ain't perfect. You might see, hear some screaming here in a minute. My Randy will be up there chasing a kid around with a belt, but let's, let's, let, let's try to help families. Let's help them navigate the athletic journey. Let's help them navigate the academic journey. Let's, let's, let's realize that what we see on Facebook isn't real life. You know, I just made a post about my anniversary last week, and I'm like, dude, there's no Photoshop for real life. There ain't no skinny app in marriage. You know, what's behind the scenes? And so, like, you can't edit that stuff. It's real. It's hard. It's difficult. And so, I want to lock arms with people to say, hey, let's do this parenting thing well. There's no, I truly believe it, there's no role more powerful than the role of a parent. You know, and so many parents today, they want to be their kid's coach or they want to be their kid's instructor. Dude, I've been a coach. You know, I've instructed a lot of people in my life. There's no role more important than the role of a parent. And if you're a coach of a kid without a parent, man, there's no role more important than you kind of stepping in in some healthy ways and being that role model for that kid. Football will not change his life, but the way that you interact and love that person can change their life forever. Oh yeah. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I know. Yeah. Personally, I, I know there's a, a lot of people, uh, you know, even coaching um, at Camelsville for a couple of years, you know, and, and to see a lot of those kids sort of uh, grow up and blossom. And, you know, now a lot of them are business owners and coaches for, you know, mm-hmm. for, um, for other uh, programs and uh, club programs. And it's, it's always, you know, nice to, you know, for them to come back and, and talk to you and, and um, you know, and know that I may not, I'm not, I'm not the best coach in the world. I, I don't even aspire to be. Um, what I'd like to do is be able to somehow in, in any kind of creative manner, be able to connect and relate with somebody uh, mm-hmm. from a heart set and mindset to be able to uh, change the way that they see, see themselves. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's where it starts. Yeah. And, uh, and that's something I had to learn even, even as a parent, you know, I'm, I'm in a, a weird, um, family dynamic where you know I've got you know I've got two sons and and I got you know grandkids and things like that and it's weird you know that is crazy right there it's it's weird you know talking to them and relating to them and and doing my best as a a father to um you know to be a a mentor to them uh you know I've heard before you know it's like you get to a point to where you know you parent them for so long and then after that you just you know you turn into a mentor after that you can't I can't hold your hand (laughs) forever yeah Uh, and the only thing I can do is is give you the 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 guidelines, give you hopefully give you a, a good foundation, um, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna have to be the one to to go with it. And if you you know if you struggle, if you fail, that's all right. You know, get back up, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, keep working. Uh, and I think sometimes uh, a lot of kids, a lot of people, you know, get get hit, and they just they won't get up. And I, I know mm-hmm. with wrestling personally, it's it's you know humbled me to where you know, I'm, you know, I'm used to, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, uh, you know, I run yeah. a brand, like I'm, I'm used to being in a, on a roller coaster day in and day yeah. out. Um, so it's one of those mm-hmm. where, yeah, it's sure. It, it would be nice to be at a certain, certain point in my life. Yeah. But uh, I have to go through that process. I have to go through that struggle of bettering myself um, to where I can show others. I can show my, my kids and my grandkids and be like, Hey, look, you know, I pursued this. And even if I, you know, you know, want, you know, win, win or fail, you know, depending, um, I want you, I want to show them that, Hey, look, 
it's possible. Um, you can do it, uh, but it's going to be struggle, but it's going to mm-hmm. make you a better person. Um, and that's, that's right, what, I think that's what, what you talk about, um, you know, with, with your program with Better Way. And that's what, um, you know, I would, I would hope that, that parents and, and kids get that to where, you know, you, that, you know, I think we just focus on, on the wins, win, 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 win. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like the struggle. That is, that is where you build everything. Yeah. And, and, and for the parents out there, I mean, listen, you don't have to, you don't have to create the struggle. Life will create it. Yeah. Here's what you have to do as a parent or even as a coach, you have to allow the struggle. And so I, I, I try to post each week, uh, you know, a thing that says, you know, there's really two reasons why we don't allow our kid to struggle. And they're both legit. They're both real. The first one's pain, man. No one likes watching, no one likes watching their eight-year-old like be disappointed and hurt. Yeah. You know, no one, no one goes to an eight-year-old baseball game and their kid gets up and he strikes out and you're like, oh yeah, heck yeah, great, man. I'm so glad he feels humiliated. But there is, there is something there that's healthy where he realizes or she realizes, hey, you got to get back up to the plate again. Yeah. You know what I mean? That little momentary struggle can be healthy, but sometimes the pain is too much. So we immediately after the game, we go get them hidden lessons and we get them a personal coach. And it's like, dude, how about just buy him a bucket of balls and let's just see what he does or she does. Yeah. And so the first one's pain. We, we sense their pain and we immediately rescue. Yeah. That, that eight-year-old pain is going to teach them something for, so when they're 18 and it's real, they can manage it. And then the second thing is, is validation. All right. So it's pain. And then the other reason we don't like to watch them struggle is we think it's a validation of us as a parent. We think, well, Hey, my eight-year-old struck out. Well, Oh, people are going to think like I'm a bad parent. Like, no, <laughs> dude, he struck, he got beat in wrestling. That has nothing to do with your parenting. Yeah. Now the way he acts after that might have something to do with your parenting or the way that he, you know, carries himself or, speaks to authority or listens to other people is a reflection of you as a parent, but like their performance is not a validation of you as a parent. Yeah. Like there's one person that can, that can choose to make you great. And that's yourself. You know what I mean? And I think as parents, even today, like we're trying so hard for our little child, eight, nine, 10 years old to have a breakthrough that we cause them to have a breakdown. Mm -hmm. Like with my kids, I'm like, dude, I'm not, First of all, who, who decides what the breakthrough is? Yeah. You know, I was, I was a multiple time state champ, division one wrestler. My brother got fifth in the state. Guess what? His house is a lot bigger than mine. You know <laughs> what I mean? Dude, he's got a wakeboard boat, a lake house, like hunting land. I mean, dude, like jokes on me now. Yeah. And so like we can get so consumed in this moment that we miss the big picture. And so like, I want to help people zoom out and go, Hey, what do you, what are you doing to help this whole journey? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, so what would, as far as projects uh, or, you know, upcoming webinars, workshops, what, what things are you working on right now? So we're working on uh, a six-week coaches accelerator. FCA Wrestling, we just recorded an FCA virtual camp. It's going to come out in September. It's awesome. We got some great, great guys teaching technique. And then we got some messages uh, that's going to come out that you can go to FCA uh, wrestling.org uh, and find out more or send me info. I'll get you some info on that. And then, you know, with a better way, we have a coaching accelerator. We're getting ready to launch a six weeks coaches accelerator where, 
you know, people can sign up. We'll take them through six weeks. Like, hey, what's the difference in a great team and a healthy program? How do you define success in your program? How do you do an athlete evaluation? How do you create staff alignment? You know what I mean? That's one of the hardest things to do. That, that's true in business, whatever, marriage. You know what I mean? And so we walk them through just some, some ways to create and, and do those things. And then super excited, you know, Dr. Coit Cooper, uh, we're working on, we're going to do a webinar. I think the dates are the 18th and the 20th. We're going to offer two webinars that week, same thing, but different, different days and times for different people. And then we're going to kick off this, uh, we're going to do a mastermind for families. Uh, oh, wow. And, and we're going we're gonna to do six weeks with, with 10 families, and we're going to walk them through. Uh, Dr. Cooper calls it Thrive Essentials. Uh, he calls it flipping the script in your family. And then walk them through, like, how to create a value system, you know? How, how, do, you, how do you cultivate those long-haul attributes in yourself first? You know, I had a mentor tell me, he said, Heath, you can't be a tour guide to a land you've never visited yourself. You know what I mean? And so, so here's what you have. You have the parent in the stand freaking out. And then here's what they say to their son. Hey, just stay calm, stay calm. You know what I mean? It's like, bro, like what did you, have you looked up the word calm lately? You know? And so like we want, we, I want to help parents uh, cultivate it in themselves. And then it spills over into their children. You know, I don't know who said it, but they say, you know, you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. And, and listen, there's things I'm reproducing that are bad because I just, again, I'm a flawed human, yeah. um, but hopefully we're working on those things and, and making progress. And so um, that, that'll be coming up again. I think that's the 18th and the 20th. And then that following week we'll launch that um, mastermind for, for 10 families. And so, and right now we're, you know, we, we're working on some partnerships with some really big youth sport organizations to try to partner with them to become their parent education branch. But if there's a parent out there listening, they can go to a betterwayathletics.com, click on virtual training and uh, man, they can purchase all of our parent education stuff right now uh, online. That's awesome. Um, I just want to give a, another quick shout out real quick to panels, comics and coffee bar. Uh, like I said, been a great, uh, great partner of mine. I'll, um, Giving out another quick shout out. Uh, check them out at panelscoffee.com. Like I said, they got a bunch of uh, new issues, new graphic novels, back issues. Um, I've been starting to get back into the vintage comic book collecting now, but uh, just want to give a quick shout out to them. They've been a, a great host for me. Um, and then, like I said, uh, for people that's been tuned in uh, or tuning in now, um, like I said we got uh, Heath Esslinger, that is uh, you know head of a uh, Better Way Athletics, um, one of the co-founders of Better yes. Way Athletics. Yes. Uh, that's a great friend, uh, been a, a mentor of mine for, for years. And it's always fun, um, seeing, seeing him sort of, uh, tra transgress on, on each, uh, part of his, uh, journey and each platform that he, um, he always tends to excel at. Um, and, uh, so yeah, just, you know, people that's been tuned in, I'm very appreciative for you, uh, to, to listen to this man. Uh, he's got some great, uh, great insight. And, uh, I, I think it's something that, that's definitely needed. Uh, like I said, I've, I've seen it personally. I've seen the, the, the bad side of athletics and it, you know, it's not pretty. Um, that goes with the kids and the parents. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so it can be some horror stories on, on that one. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, one of those where he talking about better way athletics, um, redefining what sport is and redefining, um, you know, what, what it really takes to be a, um, not only a, a good athlete, 
you know, he might be a good athlete, but being a, a great human um, afterward, because like I said, we're not going to be in sports forever. You know, I think a lot yeah. of people, and that's something that I tell a lot of my, uh, my fighters too, is like, you get, sometimes you get the illusion of feeling like you're, like you're going to be fighting forever uh, or you're going to be competing forever and you're not. What I want you to do is use that as a platform for something else greater. Uh, and that's what I, I think a lot of people don't get is they feel like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this forever. I'm just going to fight and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's other things greater for you if you allow yourself and uh, open your eyes to other opportunities. Um, I, I would, matter of fact, I was, I was wondering because I knew you were such of a, um, uh, such of a great motivational leader and speaker. And I saw you, you know, coaching at UTC and I was like, I wonder when he's going to end up taking the, taking the leap and, and sort of, yeah, because yeah. I, I really didn't see you being there that long. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I knew, you know, sometimes you can get a sense of what, like where their, you know, where their heart is mm. sort of being pulled towards. Yes, and, no uh, doubt. Yeah, and uh, so I was like, yeah, he's not going to be there for long. He's got some other things yeah. that he's working working on. But uh, like I said, very, very, uh, you know, happy that you're able to, you know, pursue that, especially something that you're really passionate about, something that, that, that drives you um, and um, something that, um, you know, compels you to, to – you know, really look at yourself and, um, you know, redefine who you are. And at the same time to uh, help redefine a, a sport or industry that, that really needs um, help. So, um, so we'll uh, sign off here, but, you know, we'll, we'll end it with uh, some words of wisdom. And I've been starting to do this with a lot of my, um, a lot of my uh, guests, you know, before we sign off, what are some words of wisdom, something that, that might be on your heart, something that, that you may need that matter of fact that someone that's listening to this may need to hear right now. What are some words of wisdom? You know, one of the things we always say is, and it's one of our, our ways that we teach perspective at a better way is don't, don't get so consumed with what matters now that you lose sight of what matters most. And, and you could take that and say, Hey, don't get so bogged down in what's happening now that you lose hope on what could be in the future. You know, don't get so uh, frustrated over what's happening now that you say things or, or do things that could harm your future. And so uh, in those moments of, of crisis almost, we have to go, okay, what, what do I need to learn here? And I'm going to zoom out and say, hey, it's going to help me long term um, in, in these situations. And then the other thing I would say, whether it's an athlete or whatever, and I, I, this is, this is, I mean, I wish I would have known this and, but you know, you're always learning. I think the thing that's, that's been on my, my heart the past few months is, and I hear coaches all the time, man, they'll, they'll say, Hey, you know, they'll say to the, the, the athlete or whatever, they, they will say, Hey, what are you doing to get better? You know, what are you doing to get better? What are you doing to get better? And, and you know, as well as I do, Fontel, the guys that didn't make it in college wrestling, it wasn't because they weren't doing the work. It's because of the, all the baggage in their life. And so to me, I've been challenging coaches and athletes with, hey, it's not just about doing. It's also about denying. And so it's not just what are you doing to get better, but it's what are you willing to let go of that's distracting and weighing you down. Because, man, in, in life, you know, no one shows up to run a PR in the mile with a backpack on. You know what I mean? You know, you don't put bricks in a backpack and say, I'm going to break, I'm going to break a record. You strip down to the lightest you can possibly be. And so I think one of the things that, that I've been challenging people with is, hey, man, you're probably doing enough work. It's just you have so many things weighing you down. And so what are some things you could cut loose of 
that are preventing you from reaching your full potential. And whether you're an athlete, a parent, a, you know, a, a leader or, or what, or a friend, you know, like you really taking a look there. And, and I, I do believe denying is harder than doing. Listen, I can go do a three mile run, but to deny things on a daily basis that may look fun or enticing is super. It takes discipline, man. And it's the quiet discipline that no one knows about. And so, but when you can begin to do that, I think you begin to catapult yourself into new, new areas of success. So that's all I got. Oh, that's, hey, that's great. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm sure someone, someone needed it. Um, you know, that's something that I'm real adamant about is, is doing that, the, the little work, doing the, the, mm. the, the quiet work that yes. people don't see. Um, you mm. know, it's one of those where, you know, I have people ask me all the time, you know, like, where do you get all this energy from to do, you know, you're doing a podcast and, you know, you're running a design business and running a clothing brand and, you know, doing all this stuff, uh, part, you know, coaching. I was like, I have to put a foundation. I have to like, I get up early <laughs> and I'm, I, as soon as I get up, you know, I'm doing a meditation, I'm doing prayer, I'm journaling, yeah. I'm, you know, d- doing my workouts. I do everything before I even get started with anything else. And I have to do that to be able to, you know, create the energy to, to, right. to, to, to be who I'm, who I'm striving to, mm-hmm. to become. Like I said, and, I, and I have flaws too. You know, I can be stubborn. I can be, uh, sometimes I get down on myself. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. heck, I, I can't even, I can't even tell you how many times I said I wanted to quit. <laughs> Every oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but you didn't. That's what's yeah. unique about you. You didn't. Listen, it's going to cross all of our minds. Yeah. We just have to have the resiliency to, to punt that thought. Yeah. So, uh, uh, man, it's, it's, it's been a great, a, a great episode. Um, so how can, uh, like I said, how can people reach out to you uh, that's wanting to get connected, you know, possibly doing some kind of coaching uh, or any athletic directors, schools? How can they reach out to you? I mean, they can find us at a betterwayathletics.com. I mean, obviously on social media, they can send me an email. Uh, they can send it to hslinger at fca.org. They can send it to Heath at a betterwayathletics.com. They can follow us on social media. You know, they can follow me at Heath Esslinger um, and uh, send me a DM, um, you know, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Um, would, would love to just interact with them and, and help them, uh, give them some hope, be a pharmacist of hope in their life on this journey. So we'll be on the uh, Instagram uh, Creative Brew page. Um, so, uh, and it'll be on uh, Apple, Apple iTunes and SoundCloud as well. So if you get a chance, please comment, like, share. Uh, let me know what you think about this uh, episode. Uh, let me know what kind of topics you want to talk about. So uh, other than that, this has been another awesome episode with Heath Esslinger, the man, the myth, the legend, and with me, Quantel. So uh, once again, be creative, stay inspired. Thanks. <laughs>